Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. You know, Mark, after we released um, our, our huge two-part episode on content management systems, I've gotten, I've started a, a couple of conversations about it, chatted with some people, and I think there's just, you know, there's so much more that we we can talk about um, that, uh, that maybe... Maybe we'll we'll continue that conversation again this week. Um, yeah, well, and and I've been thinking about it too. I've just found myself in odd moments um, where, where I'm you know just kind of thinking about different things, or it makes me think about oh, this would be this this really fits in with this idea, or how would that relate to what we already talked about for this uh, voice content management system? So, so what sort of stuff have you been thinking about? So. I'm not exactly sure how multi-vocal works on this side of things, but I, I'm thinking like on a code side, you've got requests coming in and there are handlers that could happen on the requests coming in and, th and their jobs would be um, looking at things in the request, uh, which would be like the beginnings of a context and it would be um, adding things to that context. And then there could be, this data transformation stage that happens. Um, maybe there's a, maybe there's like an actual handler which you could then make API calls in, and then there's a data transformation. And I really like the idea of an outtake that says, okay, when this is done, uh, an outtent. Um, when this is done, then this is the you know I want to show a order list screen. I want to show an order detail screen. I want to show a and 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 although those do are re render things that are in the context, but that but I'm 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 thinking about well, there could be custom code stuff that you do, but maybe there's a way that you could have, like I say, a, a request handler, um, a named request handler that does certain things, a a you know trans data transformer, an actual handler that makes API calls and you know, different things that you could actually have those be things that, and those would be the, the things that you write in code. And then everything else as far as uh, would have conditions on them, like, oh, if it's this, 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 then this is the, the output. So then all the kind of like the, the, the shuffling things around can happen in some sort of a GUI, but you still have the power of a developer saying, oh, I'm gonna, these are the five things I need to create on this system, or I can pull these modules in to do certain things that will handle certain things and it's all, it's, I, I don't know, I've been really thinking about that and you, I was like, that would be really cool. You just described multivocal pretty well. Um, <laughs> not, not, not exactly. And some of it is more aspirational than implemented. Uh -huh. But um, so what it does is it has, it has something that it calls a builder and you register builders, you can register okay. as many builders as you want. This is kind of like what you would think of as middleware in Jovo or in, in other okay. applications. Yeah. And what, okay, let me take a step back. So multivocal has a concept of what it calls the environment, which is really just an object that holds every freaking thing. When a request comes in, it starts building this environment. So initially the environment contains the configuration object, which has everything. Mm -hmm. You know, the, that's a constant. It has the request object. It has the headers. 
It has the body broken up. You know, it's got a bunch of stuff already. Then by default, there are some built-in builders which look at what's in the environment by default and start setting other values. So it looks and says, okay, um, this is set in the request body. Therefore, I know that this is a dialogue flow request version two that's been called by actions on builder. So this is an action with dialogue flow. The action version is this, the dialogue flow version is this. So it goes and sends a bunch of other stuff in the environment. Then you will have registered a bunch of builders. And usually what these do is they go look at parts of the body and set values. So it might say, okay, I need to know what your favorite color is. So at first I will look at um, the parameters, the slot parameters, and see if the one that's called color is set. And if so, I'll use that value. And if not, then I will go look at the session environment and see if you've set a session value for color and use that instead. And if not, I'll, you know, here are my various fallbacks for all of these things. So the builders for every request go through the same bunch of stuff to say, okay, now let me go populate a bunch more fields in the environment. And then it gets to the handler. And what the handler, but it, it then picks a handler based on certain specific fields in the environment. Okay. Most notably, it looks for the intent name or what I refer to as the action name. Mm -hmm. And you've registered a handler based on either the intent name or the action name. And that's where you do, you know, you take everything that's in the environment because you're, you're handed the environment as it exists so far. And that's usually where you'll make an API call based on specific stuff. And with the results of the API call, you once again, put stuff back into the environment. Um, that's also where you might say, okay, I didn't actually get any results from my API calls. So I will set a specific outtent. Then multivocal says, well, okay, I will look for response information based on a bunch of things that are in the environment, namely the language and locale and the outtent. And if I can't find one for the outtent, I'll look for the action. And if I can't find one for the action, I'll look for the intent. And if I can't find one for that, I'll go to a fallback default one. Okay. And I will look using the locale, the, the, the locale and language. And if I can't find one based on that, I'll just look at one based on the language. And if I can't find one based on that, I'll fall back to a, an undefined. And there's a huge list of what, it, of what it looks for and the order that it looks for them. And then based on all of that, I now pull up a bunch of potential responses. And then I go through the potential responses and evaluate some conditions that might apply to them. And once I have filtered out ones that no longer apply, based on the environment, I pick one at random and fill it in based on the environment. And that becomes the reply. Ah. So what you described is really close to what multivocal already does. And 
there are some elements like it can also have what it refers to as levels and you can set the criteria for each level and it picks the mo of the, the matching level. So for example, I could say, um, if you have never been here before, then you're a level one user or you're level one for the, or sorry, yeah, you're level one for this intent. But if you've been here five times, that's now level two and 10 times it's level three. So I can say the responses for my welcome action here are the responses if you're level one and here are the responses if you're level two and everything else is a, you know, here are the responses yeah. otherwise. So you can set those levels separately from other conditions. Um, and yes, I've spent a good chunk of this week going, yeah, so what would, what would a UI be like to set that? And, you know, how would you let the developer load in modules to make some of that user friendly and you know where, yeah, where do you do that in house so yeah i've been thinking about that a lot yeah because i'm trying to think of like if there's certain places where on um like on your what would it be you've, you've got you say you've got builders you've got handlers and then you've got your your output processing the the response can, well you've got response configuration and then the output processing is kind of it's built into multivocal itself so it yeah. knows okay, this is, you know, the, re the request came in from Alexa. I need to format it for Alexa. Yeah, it would just be interesting trying to think about um, like, like a UI that would be, this is the, the TTS, this is the, the APL, this is be the corresponding display canvas, you know, whatever mm -hmm. that it would go on and uh, giving it names or tags and then conditions, have that be the thing that happens in the UI, but it would be the, and maybe even, and the UI could be configuration, like these are all of the different handlers that I've got, and this is the order that they're evaluated in or something like that. And so then the code is, here's a, a, a chunk of code that has, you know, basically a single uh, purpose that's got a name that's identifiable in this GUI that can, that, you know, so there's still a tie-in, but let developers jump in and like do the power that they need to do right in code, right. but put a lot of the work that the designers would be in some sort of a content management user interface um, that would be putting things together. Yep, Multivocal's kind of base assumption is that as much as possible that could be in configuration should be in configuration. Yep. And from there, it's a simple step <laughs> to say, put a UI on that configuration and just leave a minimal amount of code yeah. behind that. And, and all that code is expected to do is look in the environment for some values based on those values, make API calls. The results of those API calls get put into the environment again. Yeah. Maybe some massaging, but in general, minimize the massaging. Yeah, because the only other thing I'm thinking of is that there's sometimes there's cases where you you have the data, which is like a list of orders, but you're wanting to use this thing in APL and this particular component expects that the data be formatted a certain way. So there could be some sort of a data translation from, you know, from this to that. So like, yeah. you know, like if, if this is the outtent that you've picked and it's an Alexa APL, then you're going to want to call this other piece of code, which is going to transform 
the data from one format into the format that it needs to be in. That's an interesting point. And one of the ways I kind of deal with that now, and it probably could be handled better, mm -hmm. is I say that, well, that's that's a template issue. So you can you can write a function that the template can call because the template language is expandable by user-built functions. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure that's the best solution, but that's the solution I have right now. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, uh, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this too, on, on how how this might look. And, I, and you know, I'm probably approaching it from a little bit different perspective, not, not knowing really how your stuff works. Well, and I think that's good. I mean, and, and thinking like, there's a number of things that Jovo does for us as far as extracting things out. So is there a way to still live in that? And there's middlewares and there's different like steps in the middlewares. And so maybe there's different things that can happen at certain key points. So, so like, when the request comes in, there might be something, there's a router um, concept inside of um, uh, Jovo. And so you could, based on the, what's in the environment and some sort of, uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of why I separated a, a request handler from like a, a, a logic handler maybe, mm -hmm. would be that maybe the end result is that I'm just changing the route. So kind of like you can specify an outtent, you can specify a new route Based, based on criteria on, on the on cr criteria from the request that would lead you to a different place um, or the same place as multiple things right after you so. yes and and part of part of why I don't think I've dealt with that is because the notion of the action name on the Google side lets you trigger let's multiple intents have the same action so they end up having the same handler if you go that route. Oh, the routing is just handled someplace else. Yeah. Um, the, the handler actually, the, the kind of that routing or defining what constitutes a route is actually in the configuration of the action itself and the GUI that goes along with the action as opposed to, there's not that concept in Alexa, you would have to do right. that your, right. yourself. And, and as, as I've started adapting multivocal for Alexa, I've put in a, a, a very rough mapping table yeah. But it occurs to me that it would be interesting to expand that notion so that instead of just having a simple mapping from multiple intents to action, you set up a complicated routing table in configuration. Mm -hmm. And then it apply then it applies to anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 you know part of my looking at it too without you know knowing how your code is and you've you've kind of like started with Google and expanded it out. I I know that there's some like structure, there's some framework that that Jovo has that already has multi you know um, device multi assistant yes. built into it. So wondering, so my my you know. I, look at it as trying to figure out, well, how can we reuse that same scaffolding, that idea of basically a request, a route, different uh, um, stages, middlewares, and then output. How can we, how could we leverage that so that yeah. that's kind of the heart of things? Not, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say that, you know, I have no, no idea no, no. Uh, what multivocal looks like, but I'm just trying to like, there might it might it might give us something else 
Right. If we were to build on that, um, some and and that's kind of been my argument. One of the things that's been frustrating for me in working on multivocal is that I'm the only one working on it. I don't have anybody else coming in saying, "Well, that's okay," but we, you know, there's this. Why don't we use this instead? In addition, you know, yeah. tie it together. Um, I don't have anybody doing that really. Yeah. So. Because, because you know, because like Jovo has this concept of plugins. So then, what happens right. if all these different things of code turn into this like a plethora of plugins that that now you can start piecing things together and reusing things from from you know system right. to system. On on the multivocal side, though, it it doesn't quite have exactly the same notion of plugins, but it it essentially turns into that when you've got this builder handler yeah. combination. Um, and you can change the default handlers that are associated with it. You know, because in some cases, if you're not making API calls, if you're not doing anything, if all your values are already there, you don't need to set an explicit handler. Right. And, and the default case is that it just falls through with coming up with a response. Yeah. Like if you're saying help and it, all you're really doing is mapping a help intent to the response that's right. being returned, then... You have help and you have an outtent that maps to the well, help you, action and right. the, here's the help that you respond. And that's, you know, you know there's, there's no there really is no code to, to write. Yes. Yeah. It's the configuration of the help template is all you have to do. Exactly. You know, as much as possible is in configuration so that the programmers can do the tough stuff. Yeah, but, but, um, but like, what is that place right now to edit that? Template. Well, the, so the interesting notion is right now that is a configuration file. Um, that I have default configuration loaders for JSON, mm -hmm. for Firebase and Firestore, and I have demonstrated in the past things where you know. So when I was working with Micah, at one point she liked putting her responses in uh, a spreadsheet. So I wrote a quick converter to convert in from the spreadsheet format that she liked into Firebase, but there's nothing that says I couldn't just read it out of that. Right. You know, it's that that's an open, you know, you can register additional configuration systems. And in fact, you can read from multiple configuration locations. So I could have a bunch of defaults baked in. Right. And then have additional defaults overriding those pulled out of Firebase so that I can change anything that I want that's in the baked-in configuration until I get around to pushing a new code release. So you know, kind of like the, the next level would be then writing a, a custom UI of sorts on top of those configurations. Exactly. And that's what I've been thinking of a lot this week is, okay, what is... What is a base UI for that look like, and how do you customize that? Yeah. And because you know, I have plenty of time to think about how to do that sort of. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and then you're like, okay, so then with that UI that I'm making, that's for the configuration. How do I make it like surface the content part of it um, more, so it's more of a content first for, versus a configuration first, right? Well, honestly, the configuration is pretty content focused. Okay. 
Um, the real question is how do I make it so I'm not edit, you know, so that you don't need to learn JSON and yeah. in some cases some pretty arcane template conditional language to do what you want. Yeah. How do you how do you wrap some of that in checkboxes and drop downs and, and other nice stuff and do it in a flexible way so that you know I can say you know, it's important to us that we give different responses based on color. So now color becomes a drop down. How do you how do you add that in a yeah. generic way? Or something else that somebody comes up with in the future? You know, I I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, those are the things I think about. <laughs> I mean, so clearly we're still thinking about this content management system concept. Yes, we are. Um, and, uh, you know, I, and I've started talking to a lot of people about their notions of conversation engines and where they fit in. And I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this a lot more. So there's just lots of ideas to, to play around with and kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of at the, the, the clay forming stage where you're like, well, what if, what if we do this over here? What does that look like? Or And, you know, and again, I think it really does boil down to what are the tools that are going to be out there? to make our lives easier. And whether we call that a, you know, a, a CMS or whether we call that a conversation engine, I, I, I just think it's important that we find the tools and start working on them. Yeah, because as, as we you know, push through this problem, we'll discover new things and kind of, we'll keep pushing the borders. And um, yeah, I think there's definitely room for improvement for uh, making uh, voice applications, you know, easier, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily saying all the way to a no code side of things, but kind of, but you know, like maybe a lot of it is no code well, and, I, and, and only certain parts of, of it are, um, are code that, that are ha handling certain customizations. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think, I, I think the more that we can push into configuration, the more we can put a UI around that. Yeah. Um, and that, that makes a lot of things better and easier. And, you know, as we come up with these, as we have these conversations, I think we'll talk about them another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Mark. This has been a, a great part three to our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs>